Welcome to the College Sports Insider, presented by the NCAA and Champion Magazine. I'm Jack Ford. We're delighted to sit down and have a conversation with Deco Ricketts, and he is one of the 2018 NCAA Today's Top Ten Honorees. And the Today's Top Ten Honorees, if you're not familiar with it, um, takes the student-athletes who have, have just graduated, who have had extraordinary success during their collegiate careers, both as athletes, as students, as community members, and recognizes those accomplishments. And we're delighted to have a chance to sit down and talk with Deco a little bit. I want to talk with you. First of all, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Glad to have you here with us. But I, I want to talk with you about not just what you've accomplished, but how. And, and how you have managed to balance so many things. And I think folks, after they hear us talk a little bit, they'll understand what I'm talking about when I say balance so many things. So um, you had had great success um, at, 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 uh, at Wash U, uh, which is a fabulous place, by the way. Yes, it is. Um, a, a former runner there, an electrical engineering major, uh, now a project engineer. Um, and, and I want to start off with, with your running. Because it, it seems to me, I was a football player. I was always fascinated by guys like you who could just run forever and do it very fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, it seems to me when you look at it, every little kid runs. But at some point in time, some of them become runners. Right? Do you remember when it was that you realized you had fallen in love with this idea of being a runner? I do, actually. It was a... Uh... My first race in high school, um, it was a mile my freshman year, my first mile. We were kind of experimenting with a lot of different events. You know, I had played uh, basketball and soccer that year, so I was just trying everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I get into this mile, and my coach just says, you know, go have fun with it. See what you can do. And I kind of go, and I kind of keep pushing and knocking kids out, you know, passing mm -hmm. people. And I'm just like, wow, I'm a lot better at this than <laughs> a lot of these kids. And I, was, I was loving it. I was like, you know, I was feeling it. And then I win that race, and it's the first race I'd ever won. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, maybe I can just keep doing this. I walk over, and my coach just has these bug eyes. Like, what did you just do? <laughs> what was that all about, right? Yeah. It's interesting. You can tell the difference between me as a football player and you as a runner because you're talking about having fun running a mile. <laughs> I just remember when we get back to, to, to camp in college and, and we had to run a mile, a timed mile, and I just remember thinking when I did the last one my senior year, I thought, I'm never running another one of these in my <laughs> life. And you've got a big smile on your face here talking about, wow, how much fun was this <laughs> as, as a runner. So, uh, so head through your, let's talk about your, your high school athletic career, and then I want to come back and talk about high school academics. So you discover, quite candidly, out of the blue, that you're good at this, this, this running. You start off with a mile. Um, what, what distances did you do during high school, and how did you end up focusing, once you got to college, on, on primarily the 800? Mm. Uh, actually, start off that meet uh, doing a long jump, a 200, <laughs> the mile, and the two-mile. So <laughs> I was signed up for pretty much everything. And your coach is fine saying, oh, my goodness, I have four more years of my career here yeah. as long as I keep this guy with us. <laughs> exactly. Keep him healthy. <laughs> right. Keep healthy running and jumping. And so we, uh, we kind of bounced around from there. Mm -hmm. um, early high school, I dug into the mile and the two-mile. And uh, it actually wasn't until senior year that I told my coach, hey, let's, uh, let's try the 800. You know, it looks kind of fun. I you okay. know, let's see what we can do. And right. turned into... Winning state. <laughs> what, what do you think it was about um, about the eight hundred 
that that attracted you to it and that also proved to be you, you had success at some others uh, distance obviously in relays uh, but what do you think it was about the the 800 that was made it right for you uh, I think I learned that um, most runners are masochists <laughs> and uh, the 800 <laughs> took is, you that long to, to, real, to yeah. realize that <laughs> oh. and uh, the 800 is kind of the epitome of that yeah. I think and that it hurts you in every way uh, it's aerobic, it's anaerobic, it just makes you want to throw up halfway through, and you have another lap to go. So um, I found that I was okay with that. I wanted to push myself with it, and uh, I liked the idea of pushing myself uh, more than everybody else. It's interesting because I looked at it as a high school runner. Um, I was 100 and 200. You know, I thought I thought once you got past 200, now now you're a distance runner. <laughs> but I was always fascinated by the 800, and I, I used to say to the 800 guys, I said, "Why don't you call this a sprint? Because that's pretty much what you're doing. You know, they call it an 800, 800 meter run. It's not a run. Yeah, <laughs> you, you guys are sprinting for 800 it meters. Kinda, it kind of changes to a sprint once you get to college. Yeah. that's why I realized is yeah. my opening 400 was as fast as my fastest 400 in high school. It was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a different world. It's a different in world. College. Um, let me let me take a look at, at look back high school and, and academics. So you, you end up being an electrical engineering major at, at WashU. Uh, when you were in high school, had you already decided that that was an area you wanted to go to? I knew I wanted to do engineering mm-hmm. pretty early, and I knew I wanted to do solar. Mm-hmm. Those were kind of my driving forces. I hadn't landed on electrical. Right. But I fell in love with solar when I was about 16 or 17. How did that happen? How did it happen that it, at that young age you would know engineering and solar? Uh, well, I like to problem solve, so mm-hmm. that kind of led me to engineering. Mm-hmm. And I loved Legos. <laughs> and uh, solar, I saw this kind of big problem in the world that was this energy crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of just wanted to electrify the world. I wanted everyone in the world to have electricity like, mm-hmm. like we did. Yeah. And... Uh, I started looking for solutions, and solar kind of popped out of me, and I was like, wow, this is the best thing on the planet. And I don't know why everyone's not jumping on this. <laughs> when, you, when you ended up going to college, let's, let's talk about uh, Washington University St. Louis, just a marvelous school, great school at so many levels. Uh, what drew you there for college? Uh, I would say two things, my coach and my fiance's dad. <laughs> um, so he did his residency there. Okay. And so he could speak wonders to it. He yeah. said it was his favorite school ever. My daughter almost did a residency there. She, she had some of her friends and, and from med school went there, and they kept saying, you got to come here. This place is, yeah. is great. She visited, thought it was great. She ended up staying at the University of Pennsylvania, but oh, it, it was, but, but Washu was, was just, all she could say is just a fabulous place. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. My fiance is trying to go there right now, actually. Yep. Oh. And uh, so I started doing my research on it learn for myself how much I love it mm-hmm. and uh, you know it was D3 so it was kind of a push um, with you know athletic scholarship and things which mm-hmm. is kind of what I was going for but I talked to the coach Jeff Stiles and uh, he brings me in for an interview and to meet the team and meet the camp see the campus and I just instantly fell in love they, they had like, you at, had you at hello oh my gosh it was <laughs> painful <laughs> I'm like how can I walk away from this now? Oh, God. now did you have once you got there you know, I, probably the average college student you know, changes their mind two or three times about majors. You know, I remember getting, getting, to, uh, getting to college, and I had some great friends of mine, very close friends of mine, some friends of mine on the football team, saying, I'm, I'm going to med school. 
And then they met organic chemistry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they said, I'm going to Wall Street. <laughs> I'm going to something else other than that. Did you ever waver at all in terms of what you thought you wanted to do once you got there? Um, a little bit, yeah. So okay. I actually changed my major a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always in pursuit of solar, mm-hmm. which was interesting. I never really wavered from that. But I explored computer engineering as kind of a backup, uh, double major. Um, and I got really hard. So I dropped out of that. Uh, I explored chemical engineering, mechanical, uh, and those were kind of all to tailor it towards solar. So whatever was the best fit. So that was electrical. solar was still the core, and and you wanted to see what would work, what was sort of compatible with that. Yeah, yeah. I did my research and uh, actually did research in mechanical engineering department, the mm-hmm. chemical engineering department, mm-hmm. and then uh, my last two years everything was electrical. So it's all over everything. Now anybody who's listening to us right now would probably be thinking, all right, with that kind of a course load and those sort of interests, you know, maybe his sort of running went by the wayside and then maybe he kind of gave up the running and decided I'll be a student or sort of continued to dabble in it. Well, the reality is, to let folks know what we're talking about here, you, you were a three-time individual NCAA champion, a five-time All-American um, three times indoor and two times outdoor conference championships. Uh, and you had four individual conference championships, both indoor and outdoor, during the course uh, of your career. In, individu- in addition to an, an All-American, a, an academic All-American. Doing that end of the ledger by itself would have, have been extraordinarily taxing. Doing the academic side of the ledger by itself <laughs> would have been extraordinarily taxing. So the question is, how, how do you balance the two? How were you able to, to countenance both of these and to exceed in, in both areas? Uh, to be honest, I felt like I wasn't doing enough. Um, when you, Why do you say that? Well, when you go to Wash U and you're uh, specifically around the people on my team, mm-hmm. you see that everyone around you is doing as much as they can. You know, they're mm-hmm. getting involved in... You know, they're diving into their academics, they're starting clubs, they're being the presidents of clubs or their sororities, and, you know, they're volunteering, and every single person at Wash U is doing 10 different things, and you always feel like you're trying to catch up, no matter how good you're doing. And so, you know, being that kind of platform, it's easy to push yourself and dive into anything mm-hmm. and everything. Did you ever, were there ever times where you said to yourself, you know what, I, I don't know that, that I can continue to balance everything. I might, I might have to let something go, maybe not completely, but maybe a little bit? Yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of broke down uh, my sophomore year, actually, mm-hmm. towards the end of it. Um, I had a pretty good freshman year for track, uh, got All-American outdoor, mm-hmm. and so I kind of set the bar for myself, and uh, that whole year was just building towards that bar. Um, school was obviously get, also getting a little hard, and I started a, uh, started a company, um, kind of research venture, uh, I was leading with a couple of my teammates, and so I had a lot of these things that were just kind of pulling me in different directions, mm-hmm. and I wanted to kind of give 100% to everything, and I know how and to plus do that you, Plus, you're a college kid. Yeah. I'm a college kid. I want to have fun, <laughs> right. and I was kind of slacking on that. I didn't really get to see my friends that often, and mm-hmm. I was, that was killing me. So, so um, how, did, how did you come to grips with that, and how did you move past it? I talked to my coach. I talked to Styles, and he, uh, he kind of grounded me, and we had a long conversation. Um, what, did he, what did he tell you? What did he tell you to do? The thing that stuck with me most from that was I told him, I don't know how 
to be great at everything that I want to do. And he said, who are you to tell yourself you can't do it all? Because you saying that to yourself is also you saying that to everyone behind you. And you're telling them you can't do it. You can't do everything you want to do. So is that the message you want to send? He said, there's people before you that have done great things, that have done multiple great things, started companies and been all Americans. And what you're trying to do, maybe it's more, but why set a limit? You know, it's interesting when you when you talk about coaches and the roles of coaches. You talk about yours. I my my coach, who, who sadly literally just passed away two weeks ago, College Football Hall of Fame, Carm Coza at Yale, was you know for me. You know, I was raised by a single mother. I got to Yale. I'm kind of lost, and he sort of helped me find me, as you said. You know, and continued. You know, I was 60 years old. I'm having my knee replaced. The first phone call to the hospital is my my nurse comes in, and says a guy on the phone, and says he's your college coach. You just want to see how you're doing. I'm thinking I'm 60 years old. He's still looking after wow. me. It's you know, talk about the value of a, a coach, not just in terms of of technique and and times and training, but of of essentially the bigger picture of your life. My coaches were my family. They're a big part of my family, and Styles specifically uh, turned me into the man that I am. He took me from this 18-year-old coming in and pretty much from freshman year started treating me like almost like a son. And uh, I learned after a few years that he kind of was, that he kind of mm-hmm. looked to me like, like that. And, you know, he taught me probably the biggest thing was just leadership, leadership and ownership. Um, you know, took the values of being an athlete and taught me how to apply that to actually being a man, which is something I never would have even thought of. You know, he made, he made sports something more than just a game. That, that's what the best coaches do. You know, they're more than coaches, they're more than teachers, they're, they're some amalgam of all of the best of all of those things. Let me ask you about something that I've, I've always found curious. And I don't know if you'll agree with me or not, but, but you know, having been an athlete, uh, both of my children were Division I athletes. I've been involved with the NCAA for, de- for decades and stayed very close to, to athletics. But I, I, I often got the sense that there's something about runners that, that allows them, and, and I don't know, maybe it's the, the discipline that you need to apply, but... You know, I, I I look back and see how many runners we've honored at the NCAA. I was on the honors committee for a number of years, where I would be part of the selection process, and um, and and just seeing my children's friends. And what do you think it is? And and maybe you don't agree with me. I don't know. But what do you think it is about runners? The mindset? Is it the discipline? Something that allows them to to have that extraordinary focus, not just on their athletics, but also on, on, on their academics. Is that accurate, do you think, to, to think a certain it, extent? I think it's accurate, but my footnote is always that we all call each other crazy. <laughs> uh, you talk to any runner, they always say, to yeah. be a runner, you have to be crazy. I think, you're, I think you guys, I think the runners and the swimmers and the crew people, I've said, are always the, the, the real crazy ones. They're the crazy ones. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, uh, yeah, that absolutely contributes to it. I mean, yeah. if you're crazy and you love what you're doing, then right. you're just going to put everything into it. You're not going to think twice about then it. Then that's what you do yeah. because you're crazy <laughs> and you don't notice that you're crazy. You don't notice it. But it works for everybody. Uh, it, it, tell me, of, of I, I was very curious about your, your senior design project that you did. That was tell, a fun one. Yeah, tell me about that. 
Uh, it was I call it a solar switch. No, it's kind of a nickname for it, but. Um, now I, I understand. I'm I'm a lawyer and a journalist. You're gonna have to explain this to me. Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, my boss at Azimuth uh, talked to me about this idea, um, where for retrofits for kind of older systems, older solar systems, um, we need a way to turn off the solar arrays, um, and it's kind of because of a new addition to the National Electric Code that came out recently, uh, and so. For older systems to be able to do this, you'd have to install a bunch of equipment, and you know it's this big, laborious process. Uh, and this solution is a really quick and easy retrofit that's just like two pieces of equipment. Um, and he said, "There's no reason this wouldn't exist. I don't know why it doesn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. No one's really thinking about retrofits, mm-hmm. um, you know, because to do it in a new system, it's really easy." And uh, Part of the reason is older systems are grandfathered in mm-hmm. with this new code, so no one really thinks about it. But from a safety perspective, so uh, you didn't have to do it because they were grandfathered in, right. but it made a lot of sense right. to be able to do it. Yeah, exactly. We, we're working on a project where uh, we're adding retrofits to a system we built a few years ago before this new code came out, so it doesn't need it. But all of our new uh, additions need the same safety requirements as the new code. Mm-hmm. And so now we're making this new system and it's not up to code. It's not safe. You know, emergency responders come in thinking that they can just shut yeah. off the solar array, but they can't. And you know, it puts them at risk. Right. So this, this was the, the, your, your senior project, your design project? Yeah. And, and it, it works? Mm-hmm. It's installed. It's installed and functioning. Yeah. Design, I think all of this goes back to your Legos. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all this is driven by putting together little Lego buildings and little Lego houses. Pretty much. It's just energized Legos. <laughs> yeah, just little different colors, a little bigger. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit more impact on society. But a little higher voltage. Yeah, <laughs> A little exactly. bit more dangerous. But still that. <laughs> Tell me about what you're doing now. I mentioned a, a project engineer, uh, Azimuth Energy, who you just mentioned again. So, so um, tell me what you do with them. So I'm a uh, project engineer, um, kind of a design engineer. Mm-hmm. So uh, I design and the engineering team designs these solar systems for, you know, commercial, mostly commercial to utility scale solar projects. So solar farms, uh, rooftops, and uh, we also kind of specialize in microgrids. Um, And uh, we're also a joint venture with kind of a sister company called Solar Island Energy, which does the same stuff, but focuses in the Caribbean. So what would your for those of us who who are not terribly well versed in engineering and that end of the world, what what would your day be like? What kind of things would you do on an average day? Uh, sitting in front of a computer, uh, drinking a lot of coffee, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> brainstorming with my with my friend Corey. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty much uh, sort of engineering, kind of designing this uh, this system. So uh, drawing a set of drawings for the system. Um, that will eventually uh, be sent to the construction crew, and then we manage the construction process, and we also do procurement. Um, so it's finding all the equipment, uh, making sure everything fits together. A lot like Legos. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. The, the, the universe eventually goes back to Legos, doesn't Pretty it? Pretty much, yeah. That's what I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about your running? You still doing any running? Uh, I'm actually uh, not enough. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm yeah. getting more into kind of uh, full body. Okay. Um, training, 
but I'm hoping to get back into a help coach a little bit this season. Yeah. Where would you want to coach? Wash U. At Wash U. Yeah. Why leave? Absolutely. Right. It's a great place. <laughs> You know, Dico, it, it's. Uh, I said in the beginning that uh, you know, you're one of the one of the honorees, um, and I think a, a great illustration. Having been involved in this for so many years, of of the the best that our combination of of academics and athletics can provide. And I, I think that when I see people like you, that I know we're we're in pretty good. Our, our fate is in pretty good hands moving forward. As long as we have somebody like you who can take care of solar and Legos, <laughs> we will be good. I want to congratulate you again on, on your work and on everything else you've had a chance to do during the course of your lifetime, and I know that you're going to be enormously successful as you continue. Thanks for spending some time talking Thank with us. Thank you so much, Mr. Ford. We appreciate it. We appreciate it, too. That does it then for... This episode of College Sports Insider, I want to thank you for joining us. I'm Jack Ford, and we hope that you'll join us again real soon.